Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! All right, episode 11 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Ryan from Denver Printhouse in Colorado. Let's go! What's happening? Can you hear me? Yeah, we, we can. can. What's you. happening? Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> so much green behind you. Oh, I know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you come from? Did you used to have blue around you? Oh, yeah. For 20 years. Oh, wow. So, like, coming, coming here to Denver uh, Printhouse, it was, it was an exciting and terrifying change all on its, all on its own. <laughs> All right. Yep. Oh, Wayne and Garth, how's it going? <laughs> What's up, dude? Has anyone said anything about the Wayne's World logo? No. A couple. Really. We had Other a Beavis and Butthead logo going for a while, but yeah. ended up with the, with the Wayne World. <laughs> I saw the cartoon version of you guys. It's amazing. Yeah, so good. We were just talking about that before we got on here. Yeah, more of that. Hey, can you put the can you put the mic in the front? It's rubbing on the back of your shirt. How's that? That's way better. Yeah, that's way better. Way more better? Way more better. Way more better. <laughs> so what's going on? So well, I guess, what? why did you end up at Denver? Uh, so when you're, I don't know, management is a really strange thing, especially for screen printing. It's a different beast. It's not like a managing uh you know, a facility that's making spoons or, or frisbees. Like there's a, there's a certain type of human being that really can deal with screen printers. And it's, <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a transitional thing too, because you want to, you always want to step up and you always want to improve. And it's hard to do that stuck in the same shop around the same people, the same ownership. And I, you know, I come from a background of, you know, small shop, small shop, bigger, bigger, bigger. And then, yeah. you know, I was, I was at Culture Studio for, for a while. Oh, really? Um, and that, yeah, that was, you know, that was the top for me. Like, I was I was so excited to go there and work with Joey. Um, and I learned a lot. I learned most everything I do from from what Joey kind of started showing me in the uh, mid-2000s. And just, like, developing you know, personal relationships with the printer is incredibly hard to do. And I, I noticed that as a printer myself, like I really didn't not, not necessarily respect my management, but I didn't understand some of the decision-making. I couldn't relate to them personally. And so I started to elevate myself into a role of a, a team leader and a natural leader. I started pulling printers together when we we're struggling with jobs. I'd run off the press and hop on their machine, help them out. And, you know, management started to see that. And the camaraderie is always good. You know, I'm, I'm really into laughing all day, talking shit, playing, <laughs> pl- pl- playing jokes. I feel like the um, talking I, shit is the driving force most of the it's time. It's key. It's key. And when you're, yeah. when you're on press and it's a 12-hour day and it's fucking Saturday and you're tired of what you're doing and you have a manager kind of breathing down your throat that, you know, FedEx will be here in, in an hour. You know, like, how do you deliver that? Like, how, how do you approach that stress and that strain? Um, I've always done it a little lightheartedly and I've, I've kind of shifted to from, you know, really being hard and being militant. And I kind of changed over the past five years 
to being really loose, really relaxed and kind of kind of being a, a, you know, a manager that's more relatable with the printers. And I've actually noticed a, a significant change in production based on that and the, and the well-being of uh, the staff. You know, they don't want to come to work, working for uh, an asshole manager that they don't respect. And so, like, coming to the game and coming to the staff and, you know, having 20 of these guys not even know who I am. But in the first week, the first month, we're already cracking jokes and diving into a press. And it's easier to do setups. It's easier for me to implement new procedures because there's a there's a connecting piece there. I'm able to relate to them. So they're, they're, it's easier for them to listen to some of the things I'm going to bring in. Yeah, I like I, um... I I like how you said your your management style has changed over the years. You have to adapt. I, mine definitely has too. Dylan, did yours change since like so when my, when I, I was in my twenties? <laughs> so yours has gotten worse. You become more <laughs> of an asshole. You used to be nice guy, and then now you're yeah. now you're an asshole. Okay. Well, it's got to be it's got to be a mix. You know, like used to be used to be place. fun, Dylan, and now I'm just not so fun. I don't believe it. <laughs> it can't be true. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta create a good environment you know like that's that's what i really like um you know one of the things i wanted to feature with the, the print legion stuff that i was doing was just showcasing you know some of the great cultures from great shops and you know funny to talk about that a little bit like i started that just because i was pissed off <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like it's one of those things where you know sitting at home on a sunday scrolling through instagram i'm just fucking tired of looking at panto books I'm tired of seeing white flash white prints. I don't want to see that shit on a on a shop's Instagram. So I wanted to showcase some of the best prints from some of the best shops and create like a little a little niche on the on the Instagram feeds just to kind of scroll through some really good work. And it, it, it's great that uh, some amazing shit starts from negative feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to post on that more. Yeah, it's you know I I try to. I limited myself to just one day because I'm. I, it, there's no rules. I was just gonna. Mm -hmm. It was just yeah. an idea that I had. Uh, me and Marcotte, which I can't wait to talk shit about him in a little bit. Yes. Um, yes. Me and me and Matt. Uh, me and Matt were just going back and forth, and we're just yeah, the two of us have been bitching about everything to each other for for like a decade. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was just one one weekend. It was just like, dude, I'm gonna start a fucking Instagram. I'm gonna I'm gonna feature all the cool shit because I'm tired of looking at white flash white. I'm tired of looking at Pantones. You know, like congratulations, print shop. You're like, you're so yeah. far. Like you're you're almost there. You bought a Pantone book. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in 1997. Proud of you. <laughs> um, so I wanted to showcase, you know, some of that stuff. A lot of the tech, a lot of the tech prints. Uh, you know, it's good to show that stuff. And I know a lot of shops, they don't do those badass art prints. They don't do all the tech stuff every day, all day long. And I, I totally get yeah. that, but you know, no one needs to see that shit. <laughs> How how did you get started then? Like, tell us about the beginning, how you got into printing, and then like how what are the shops that you're at, and why did you leave? Uh, bands. I mean, I started playing music with my buddies in high school in the '90s, and I was I was launched in a t-shirt world. That was that was my my number one. Like, even when in high school, I was obsessed with how do you put a graphic on something. Like, I I just like. I got super obsessed with band shirts. I still have, my wife fucking hates it, but I have Tupperware bins and Tupperware bins of every shirt that I've owned just because I have to have it. It's like, it's, right. it's a part of my history. It's a part of my history. It's what I do for a living. It's something I'm super interested in. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've actually always saved all mine too, because 
you never know man you never well, know <laughs> the thing the thing is is like i save them because like i think about someday when my kids are in high school they're gonna have like this giant thing to go through of like badass old band shirts you know what i mean like my dad was a metalhead, so it was kind of like you know how awesome it would have been in high school to like have his old metal shirts the fucking skid row t-shirt that's yeah. been worn once <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like that's and you never that's know like those sh- those shirts like there's the the ebay market for like old vintage shirts like 300 dollars for you know old yeah. ministry shirt that's an original pressing i have skinny puppy shirts that are selling for like 400 bucks that i'm never gonna get rid of but wow. it's just you know it's a it's it's strange to me because I know that fucking shirt costs two bucks. Yeah. <laughs> are you are yeah. you from Chicago? You just mentioned uh, ministry. Uh, and stuff. Are you from? Yeah, I, I actually worked with ministry and uh, did a short tour with those guys. Uh, I grew up in Northwest Indiana. Moved to Chicago. Um, worked in shops up there. Uh, moved out of the city four years ago, five years ago. Just to you know, you get to a point where you're in your late thirties and you're just kind of stuck in this this rut and you don't really know what to change, how to change. And I'm, I'm definitely all or nothing. I'm either going, I'm going deep or I'm not doing anything. So I was like, I'm going to fucking move 2000 miles away and start a new <laughs> life somewhere else, uh, which is good, good to do. You know, like I got surrounded with, you know, like the band culture is definitely substance fueled. And I caught myself in some, you know, I'm not going to dive too deep into it, but it's, it was some dirty times for sure. And I need to, I needed to get that out of my life and be more professional and take my, my career a little more serious. I've wondered yeah. that. So, I've, I've wondered how, like, do people pick up in this industry anyway, if you're looking for a production manager, like, do I have to look locally in St. Louis? Is that my, is, is that our pool? Like who, who am I going to get? Or can oh. I go to Chicago or, or wherever LA and they're going to actually relocate, you know, is that what you did is relocate for a job? Yeah. Or did you, yeah, did you go there first? No, no. Always relocate. I mean, as far as management, like you want to, you want to put the right pillars in place to make sure that your structure is sound, right? And sometimes when you're building a house or whatever, you're ordering wood from across the country. You know, you're getting other pieces to come in to your your facility. And I don't think it's. I I love when uh, printers travel. Like I, I had a screen printer move out here from Chicago to work at one of my shops. You know, like. They love the life change. They're making more money out here because, I mean, Denver is expensive as shit. Um, they're making more money. They're in a better environment than, you know, concrete and gunfire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, city, that city can be kind of kind of treacherous when you're walking to work. You know, we dealt with that a lot, too. A lot, of, a lot of screen printers were having issues with their personal life. And sometimes you have to make that change. And it's the fucking hardest thing you'll ever ever do is just to kind of suck it up and go, you know what? I got I to gotta get out of here. Like, I got to go somewhere and make sure myself is good. I got to try something new. Yeah. Have you? What are some, like, I guess some of your favorite production horror stories from some well, of the shops you've been at? <laughs> God, how long, how long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um. As far as staff related or print related, I don't care either or. They both sound uh, well, like they're going to be good stories by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had fist fights on the floor. I've had people getting shot. I've had screen printers just. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The, you said people yeah, getting said- shot <laughs> with a gun. Yeah, I'm shot. Not, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get too too far into it because it's a personal thing with uh, the the press operator, but. You know, as a manager, you have to you have to make sure your staff's good during something like that. 
Um, and, and my main focus was, you know, not to fill his spot and act like nothing happened. You know, you have to address that with the entire crew because some of those guys are really close to each other. They're fucking, they're brothers on that, on that floor. And when something like that does happen, you have to step in as a manager and you have to make sure that they have a solid leader that they can follow. They, they feel comfortable at work. And when you let hysteria start to kind of take over in a shop, like you have to put that fire out fucking immediately. The law, the longer you let that burn, the worse it's going to get. Um, and so, you know, so with, with that situation, you know, like it was, I, I grabbed the staff. I let them know immediately what I knew, you know, like I only got a phone call from the hospital. Um, I let the staff know what was going on and, you know, we kind of filled the gap as we were, but I, I'm definitely not going to fill his position. You know, like he's, yeah. he's okay. He's okay for sure. Uh, he's gonna be out for a little bit, but you know, that's, it's, <laughs> yeah. that's part of, that's part of management. Like you're working not with, not with t-shirt materials anymore. You're not working with the dryer temps. Or t- you, I mean, you are, but your main focus is the staff. Your main focus is the the person that, that runs the machine that runs those garments um, and produces goods. And if you don't have a manager that's so in tune with what those human beings are actually feeling and actually doing on the floor, then you got a, you got a wild, wild west situation where everyone's going to do what they want to do and not listen to you show up wherever the fuck they want put out shitty work you know like you got to connect with these guys and i've i've experienced managers in my past just not giving a shit at all have you found um, have you found situations where uh you have a particular employee that's sort of toxic let's say they're great you know they're like they're a great printer but they bring with them to work uh you just never really know some days it's okay other days it's it's toxic and 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 dealt with that situation, you know, like and tried to yeah. try to work through that. Have you ever had that? Absolutely. But I find that's I mean, one every, of my hardest, you know, for me anyway. Yeah. So I mean, every every six months you have a new cancer in your shop, and you, you know you're supposed to cut cancer out, right? Like you make you make it a point to try and get rid of that and alleviate that. Um, but what medicine do you use? Are you talking to them and trying to make sure they have the support that they need to change? Are we really diving into what the real problem is? Like some people have, you, you think it's an issue with someone on the floor, but usually it's something in their personal life. Yeah. You know, do you have, do you have an HR situation where you can reach out to that person and actually talk to them in a closed room environment to where they can at least vent or at least talk about what's going on and they go back out on the work floor and they feel a little better. Like we all had like guidance counselors and shit in high school. I mean, like, it's the same premise that everyone's dealt with their whole life. You know, like, they might not have a mom or a dad or a brother or sister to talk to, but make that position available. Make sure that someone is here that can actually hear, the, at the very least, hear them out and try and work through them. And, you know, obviously, if they're being a fucking butthole and you know they're not going to change, get rid of them. <laughs> you know, like, there's... I think what you said, though, you is got- really important, that, that whole thing of, of being able to vent. And also being able to vent, you said, you know, like, some people whether they have a mother or a brother or a friend or whatever to vent or not, it's, it's out of their loot. Like that, I think it was important because yeah. if, it's ta- if they're talking to you, maybe they're not, not their family. They can, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll talk about different things, you know? And so yeah. I've had, a, I've had a few of those, like you're, like you said, some is just, it's, it's hopeless and you're going to yeah. have to have to move on. <laughs> but other times, you know, like you're like, yeah, I hey, think- you're being a fucking butthole. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've, had, I've had some pretty amazing firings before. Yeah, <laughs> I, I always, I always roll into it super. I mean, I'm not the most professional looking dude, but I don't, 
you know, that's not how I roll. It's not my style. I was going to um, ask I you roll- that. Like, how do you, how do you approach, like, say you walk in and it's not even your decision, like it's upper management or whatever. And um, they're I like, you need I, to fire this person. How do you do it? Yeah, that's happened a lot. Um, you know, start off as professionally as possible. So I always ask for reasonings why, and it's going to affect my crew It's going to affect what I do. Um, and I need to know the premise. Like, is it, is it a budget issue? Is it a personal issue? Is there, you know, there's a million things going to happen with the termination. Um, when you, when you dive into that room though, it's all psychological. Like it's all really, you know, they're pissed off and afraid all the same and you're, not wanting to do it like you're in a weird position where you're just yeah. like, Man, this is nobody ever kind of my job yeah. yeah it's like kind of my job sorry um but you have to roll into it you know being as empathetic as possible i mean i've had i've had a termination where i was just like dude get the fuck out of my shop you're done and i just like literally did the thumbs up you know the chicago <laughs> yeah. fucking get the fuck out uh and, wa- and walked him out the door because he was just starting shit with the other guys on the crew and i had That's guys that were working for like yeah, that's almost upstate style. You just kick him into a van. Is that what you did? Is that what you do? Yeah, yeah get black, the fuck out black of here. bag, yeah. kick him in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I've had some I've dealt with some staff that's been pretty upset. You know, they they this one dude was almost schizophrenic. He worked with us for maybe a week and he kept talking. He, like every day he showed up, he was a different human being. It was very strange. It was it was interesting for me because I really like to dive into the psyche of of a human being. And I, I, I attached myself to him for a week and I was exhausted. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't connect with the guy. He was a different mood every single day. And I had told him I had to let him go just because of his inconsistency um, of morale on the shot. Like he was causing a problem. Yeah. Um, and then when he, we all went to lunch and he put a flash over a pallet and then Uh-oh. left. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, ball, baller move. Don't get me wrong. That's some, that's some baller shit. Um, but we walked into the shop and a pallet was on fire. We're like, holy shit, like where's we're so and so? And you know, we found out he just walked out. <laughs> I mean, it's been it's been a wild, uh, wild 20 years in print shops, but you know, it's never boring for, I've for heard, sure. I've heard shops where like people get fired and they like throw spray tack in the dryer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that's some pretty gangster shit, but it's basically throwing a bomb in the dryer yeah 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 i mean you're you're at that point you're you're destroying company property and it turns into a a bigger different thing but yeah i mean the place um, can burn down that's that's not yeah absolutely absolutely if no one's paying attention i mean with that pallet thing i was just like you know we put it out i'm just like shaking my head laughing like man that was fucking that was a baller move <laughs> like that was, if i was if i was the you know i've never i've never gotten fired but i've if, if i were to get fired and i for whatever reason had an unstable thought process you know like that would be something that's you know not gonna destroy the shop but definitely sends a message for sure yeah also yeah. don't ever do that shit that's dumb don't do that <laughs> <laughs> let's make sure that's known to not do that yeah so what do you feel like is like overall i know you have like your own probably set of like i know not rules but what you do but what do you think is like i guess the perfect shop manager like what are you in charge of and what should be your responsibilities um as far as day-to-day yeah um i mean obviously number one always kit pack like make sure that that shit is ready for your operators like that's number one like if you're if you're gonna truly manage production Make sure all those pieces are together. So you just know, pre- sure getting all your pre-press together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many different sides of it, but I mean, that's when you walk in the door. That's the first thing that I do. 
I get here an hour and a half early before the entire staff and I, I kit pack for four, four presses and make sure that all the screens are laid out, all the garments are laid out, all the inks are laid out and they have design notes and set up notes and you know, everything that they need to get going. And I try as hard as I possibly can. Trust me, it's fucking hard. But I try to train our, our operators and the staff to be as self um, motivated to kind of like come in and do their own thing and not have to have a manager up their ass all day. I mean, obviously yeah. I'm here. I'm, I'm always here and I'm always going to help these guys out. I'm going to walk them through everything, but I'm not going to stand there and do it for them. Right. But you're like you a know? lifeline, like a support network. Absolutely. Like, Hey man, this is, this is not clearing right. It's looking weird. This, I can't get this to reg. You know, all the problems the press ever is going to have, you know, don't fight with it for too long. Like there's a, there's a maybe 15 to 17 minute window before you have to ask me. Um, and then, and then, you know, having support from Danny, I mean, Danny Grunninger has been, I call, he's the Michael Jordan of fucking screen printing. I've never seen anything like this fucking dude in my life. Um, that was the, the second part of trying to come here to Denver print house. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow him up too much. Cause I don't want to act like I'm sucking his dick all day. <laughs> um, but, but this, this dude, I've never seen, I've never seen someone walk by a machine and just be like that inks, what that inks dry. It's not flooded. Right. He can just hear it. He can just like sense that shit. Um, and his, his technical ability is just second to none. I've never seen a dude approach all the way from step and design to execution on a machine. I've never seen the full, the full package. I've seen teams. I've seen some really good shops pull off some amazing prints and some really good detail stuff. But this, this guy is like, he's going from design all the way through the, you know, making sure his EOM's great. It's, it's what screens he's doing it on. He's diving into different LPIs. He's coming out to these machines and he's doing a million different setups to really truly dial stuff in. And it's just, you know, there's a level of respect that I had for him before coming here, before starting here. And we have this like, we have this really good, like good cop, bad cop management style where, you know, he's like a general manager and a consultant for Denver Print House. And what he does with technical printing and the, the knowledge of these machines is just, you can't match it. But there's a, a second side to that is managing staff. And he got so good with these machines and he's a, you know, one of the world's best screen printers. But as far as managing and maintaining a crew that, that lasts for a long time, he just, he couldn't do it just because he was so involved in the, in the print process. Uh, right. So we, we needed support, we needed support on that end. And that's, that's what I do. That's what I've been doing for years. So you're the good cop or the bad cop in this? Which that, one? It depends you? on what, it depends <laughs> on what day it is. Um, so you, did you say kit pack? Is that what you said? Yeah. And so that's your terminology for like, the, that's the job. You've got the shirts, the inks, the squeegees, floodboard yeah, screens, the whole thing. Yeah. Bringing it all together. Make it um, for these guys. Okay. And so when you say you, you get pick, uh, kit packs for all four presses, you said there was four. Um, mm -hmm. you're, is that for the whole day or are you just getting like three jobs? Like, you know, for the morning uh, or. See the entire day. So our receiving department will pull out, you know, all the jobs that are received in these bins. And then I'm going to make sure that I take the received goods, match them with screens, match them with things, and I bring them to the press. And I make sure that it's a steady flow all day long. And they, you know, for receiving department with four people versus eight individuals running four machines, you know, it's, it's a hard you know, we have to have a lot of garments for them to kind of, <laughs> kind of you have, up. and that's a struggle. I know it is for us anyway, to pull from like, if for you're everyone, feeding for four, everyone. yeah, if you're feeding four presses, you've got to have at least 16 jobs uh, going yeah. because what happens when, for example, something fails on press or, 
or whatever, yeah. you know, and you've got to pull. I mean, so you can move, you can move jobs around, you know, like there's no, I love managing and running shops as fluid as possible. You know, like I don't like the, we're, we're, we're rule breakers here. There's no like set way to do it. You know, like I want to make sure that we can be fluid and fluctuate and adapt all day long. Because if you're not doing that and you're stuck in this rut and you're like, this is how we do it here, then you're never going to advance. You're never going to progress. And so we've, we've tried different ways to kind of, you know, prep the presses and make sure things are, you know, like I know a lot of shops will, you know, put job numbers on the stacks of shirts and they'll, they'll wheel stuff out and there's a person assigned to, to doing all that. Uh, but, you know, usually the, the receiving department doesn't know the run times because you have to start a job at a certain time based on ship and based on, you know, maybe the client requested a rush after they placed the order and now it's a hot, now it's a hot item. You know, no one on the floor knows that, you know, so the production manager, you have to go out there and make sure that all that is orchestrated. And if you're not the one doing that, you better fucking make sure someone knows, <laughs> you know, like yeah. make sure at least two, two, one of your press guys, your main go-to because every, every shop has a go-to. Um, I think Andy, you have Kyle, right? <laughs> That's right. Is yeah. that your go-to? Is that your go-to? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, well, he's, 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 I guess his role is very similar to yours. He's production manager. Yeah. Um, and so I think, and, and so, but I used to do it too, you know, here I was the guy that was, that was coordinating it all and it's, and it gets really complicated. And so that's, that's kind of why I was curious. So you get there an hour and a half early and you've pulled the jobs for all the presses. And then, then when everyone else gets there, do you ha- have a production meeting and say, okay, well, let's huddle up and here's what we're going to do. Or do they just walk in and then they hit print start? Like, how does that um, work? So- so before the op- before the operators get in, I have a production meeting with receiving the head of receiving, the head of shipping, and uh, the uh, design the, the designer that's here. We sit down, just the four of us, and we kind of talk about you know the jobs that are due, what's hot, what's not, go through our production schedule, and then I don't I don't need to have a giant staff meeting with everyone here. There's a there's a certain level where. If you have a smaller company, it's a little easier to kind of talk to seven people and, you know, you can, you can fire off direction. When you have 20 to 30 people sitting in a big group, half of them are on their phone. No one gives a shit. They're hungover. They're not paying attention to you anyways. Yeah. Um, so, the, the, I mean, it's, it's, trust me, it's incredibly hard to, to do that first thing in the morning on a Monday after like Father's Day or something where everyone's hungover. Um, so what's good is that I'll, I'll have everything lined out for them. So when they come in, these operators are trained that they have, they have the first job sitting right next to the press with the press setup sheet. They know exactly what to do, what to start with. And then as the day goes on, you know, I'm zigzagging through these machines, making sure, you know, the inks are wet, making sure they're running the right job at the right time. Um, and orchestrating with the receiving department, you know, what jobs are coming out. Um, but I, I, as a former operator and a, and a current manager, I am not one to let the operator kind of make the decision during the day. He doesn't, he doesn't need that. You know, there's enough stress in trying to run a 15,000 piece job without hiccups. When you say make the decision, make what decision you mean on what job comes next or what he, what job, what jobs to run, where the screens are, making sure they're right. I've, I've been a screen out. I've been a press operator. I have to run into the art room. And send my own stuff before. So, so you're that. so you're dictating your print order. You're saying so when you give them, let's say you give them four screens. You're saying here, screen number one. This goes in head one. This yep. screen goes in head five. There's no decision there. That you've already decided that. There's with with Danny and I. There's a little bit of decision for sure. Like we actually, 
we'll call out blocker bases and where whites go. And like, if we're doing a, the black last or the white last, like we'll, we'll call out stuff for technical prints. If it's a white, white, you know, like there, I don't, I don't need to be involved on a white flash white. If it's a two color spot and it's solid, you should be able to figure it out. I'm not going to dive into that. Um, but when we do these like super high color simulated jobs, all the tech prints, like we are on the press, making sure that's running as smoothly as possible. Cause that's, that's what we're here for. That's what we do. Right. Um, and I, I, I I've worked with operators for so long that I know that, you know, half of them don't care about what this HD ink is going to do. I just, I just know it. I just know that these guys aren't going to retain that. Some of them will, like I got half the staff is just obsessed with print and it's amazing. It's great. The other half are just there to get a paycheck. And that's like every, I'm sure you guys have the same crew where there's a couple people that are just, you know, not wanting to do this for the rest of your life. I've seen it in every shop and you can't really give them, the ball to score at the last on the last drive on the last play. They're not your go-tos, you know, like those guys are going to be like, ah, well, you know, like I'm done for the day. It's, I got to leave in 20 minutes. I'm going to wrap this up. You know, like, and that, and that goes back to management. You know, like I'm, I hate to air all this dirty laundry, <laughs> but those people do exist. They're out there. And it's, you know, like, how do you, do you have, set them do you have up a way them? to, do you have a way to motivate those kind of people? Cause like, I've yeah, had that before. Abs- absolutely. There's a, there's always cash. <laughs> he pulls this, out this is, yeah. yeah, this is this is sit, sitting on the wall. Um, you know, like I, I like to incentivize. You know, the gold star method. Make sure that you praise and not you know not attack anyone. Um, when, run once us, you start run making, us through that. Is that a shrewd buck, by the way, or is that a real hundred? <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually a fake hundred dollar bill. Is it really? Yeah, we taped it to the floor <laughs> off Friday. Just, just because it was it was hilarious to do the staff, um, you know. But but to to light these guys up and get them excited about it. So we'll do we'll do some R and D, and we'll try and show them. You know, like I, I like taking you know people to Walmart and taking staff to like you know a high end retail and showing them the difference between the seven dollar Walmart shirt and then the thirty dollar perfect fucking Patagonia print. And having those guys light up and, and be like, man, that's what I do for a living. It's like, man, I make yeah. these shirts. And I, you know, building a sense of pride is one of the hardest things that you can do for someone else. So I have to show that myself, you know, like with all my, with my background and the stuff that I've been able to do, I, br- I bring that to the table. I show these guys some quick tricks and uh, little things that makes their, their job easier. And they go, oh man, this is like, this is really cool that, you know, when the pallets have too much adhesive on there, I can put a little bit of uh, bar soap and it's totally fine. You know, like when you're running tank tops, you don't have to repallet your or retape your pallets. You just put tape, uh, soap on the corners. I think that's, like, uh, that's contagious. I think that enthusiasm, yeah. like when you go out on the floor and you're, and you're all psyched about I'm some excited. of this or that, yeah. that's con- everybody sees that. And they, well, we just, we did uh, a couple of color shift prints where we're doing like a, a blue into purple. And everyone was just like looking at this shirt, looking at the ink, being like, how the fuck can you get ink to like change colors like that? And so we grabbed, you know, we grabbed everyone and kind of was showing the operators and everyone got, you know, excited that day. Um, and it, it's just like, and we'll throw in staff shirts. I can't even, I can't even say how important having staff shirts are. You know, like everyone wearing that logo, they creates a sense of pride, you know, and, and some of these operators just kind of, they come in and they work for a shop thinking about the next shop. Like they just, they come in and they, they're like, I mean, I've done it where I was an operator at a smaller shop, just being like, man, this is, 
I'm working on a Sportsman EX, and this is the only press that's here, and I don't see this place getting any bigger. You know, so I'm I'm thinking about something else, and I want to grow, and I want to be bigger. What if that was already where you're at? Like, what if we could show you that there's room to grow? There's there's a lot of stuff that you can learn here, and then it starts to develop pride because you're like, man, I'm in one of the best print shops. I'm learning more than I've ever learned in my life, and the the management's super cool, and he understands what I'm trying to do, and like, it's it's hard to kind of lay those all out in an SOP. Like you can't really write that part. Um, it's just, it's, it's changing every single day with all these guys. Um, and like you were saying earlier, I wanted to talk more about, uh, you know, toxic employees. So what I've noticed too, with trying to amplify and get everyone excited about, about the print and how awesome screen printing is when you have that one guy that comes in here and he's been a printer for 20 years and he's an older dude. And he just comes in and naysays and he says, fuck this shit. Like this emulsion sucks. He squeegees oh, the fucking God. dog shit. <laughs> like, man, why are, you, why are you putting tape on screens? This tape fucking sucks. Like when you get that guy, it's like, man, I do it like this. Like this is, this is how I do it. Like, I don't know what you fucking idiots are doing. That dude just completely killed your culture. He just completely decimated everything that you've been working on. I've had and the exact same thing. Don't even wait. Just get, just get rid of him. Say, sorry, <laughs> man, it's not working it's, out. He's gone now. But like, I had that guy for seven years and it yeah. was just like every day, everybody was like walking on eggshells because they didn't want to piss him off or whatever. And it's just like, no, fuck any, that. any new, new guy, guy you, yeah, <laughs> any new guy you had come in was just like, you know, it was just like, he had to like inspect every shirt, even though that wasn't his job being like, yeah. Oh, this is out or this is this. And it's like, dude, I've, fuck I found the off. best press operators start as a press assistant or maybe, or something yeah. else. You know what I mean? All of a, so you put him on press as a press assistant. And they stay there for six months or whatever and get comfortable around it. I mean, it's an automatic press. It's spinning. It could kill you, you know? And so th they get used to pulling squeegees in and out or offloading. And next thing you know, um, somebody's gone or, or whatever. And I'm like, hey, can you set this one color up and, and load some shirts? You know what I mean? And they're better uh, than your number one, right? Yeah, I've, I've, that's happened, you know, and yeah, and, and I they the don't, same guy, <laughs> and they and they don't come from like you said, they're not a know-it-all, you know. They they're they they come from. I mean, they started here. They, they learn screen. They probably here. want it. They probably really want to learn, and they want to do it, and they want to get out of the reclaim room, you know. Right. Yeah, and it's yeah. one thing to say, "Hey, this this tape is dog shit." Like, listen, <clears throat> uh, this shop I used to work at, we use this other stuff or whatever, and we should give it a shot. And so I'm always down for that. Like, yeah, bring it in. We'll, we'll see it. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's Let's better, it, try it. but if, but it's kind of how they present it too. It's always that way of like, if somebody comes to you with a bitching about something, like if you're going to do that, come to me with a solution too, or an idea. Hey, that, that was that number uh, one we talked about out of the three. You, you listened, you listened to me. I, I fucking knew that before. Okay, I told you I was going to okay. say that beforehand. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Fuck off. Wayne, Wayne Garth, calm down. <laughs> it's a suck cut. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a, well, <laughs> so is there is there something that you're not awesome at still that you're still trying to like get better at managerial wise um i cannot not swear it's the hardest <laughs> i was gonna say that thing <laughs> i mean there's been there's been times where you know at, at iss and a big group of people and everyone's really professional really kind and then it's like my turn to talk in the group and I just fucking man, fucking fucking you just, I just, it just comes out. Um, but you know, that, that's part of, that's part of how I was raised. And that's the, that's the blue collar Chicago yeah. mill worker. I mean, that's just, 
that's part of how I was grew, how I grew up and it's how I express myself. So when I'm in meetings, you know, and I'm just like, well, that's going to fucking bury us. You know, like it's, I wanted to throw that little, you know, like add that. Cause you know, when someone's like, well, I don't think we should do that job because it's not as cost effective for us to run it like that. And I'll just be like, yeah, fuck that shit. We're not doing it. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's, it's got a little more oomph to it. And I've always, I've always liked to speak that way. I, um, I could totally, yeah, I could totally, you know, put on the brakes and put the filter on. Cause I I've had to do that, you know, with, with talking to the entire staff and having, having company wide meetings, you, know, you, you definitely have to pro it up a little bit and be a little more professional. Um, cause you're, you're speaking to a broader audience and it's people that you have to work with. You have to have respect you. And you, you can't address the staff saying, all right, guys, we're going to fucking uh, get out of here and fucking too, you know, and <laughs> go grab yourself a beer and a fucking dog. Uh, but we, we can't, we can't I think do you that. Can. Sometimes. Yeah. When it's, when it's the printers, you totally can. But if it's like, you know, the sales department or, you know, some of the belt catchers are really PC, like really strict and really PC. And I, you know, I, I can't manage. So with management, you can't necessarily manage everyone the same. You have to manage each individual the way that they're, they're built. And some people don't respond well to swearing and some people feel offended and they just kind of, you know, it's not a way they want to be spoken to. So you, you can't do it. Um, as I'm sitting here talking to you guys, I don't you know, really fucking care. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. I'm in good company, you know. <laughs> Are think, you involved at all with like hiring process? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I filter through for uh, the, the people on the floor. As far as, uh, the Castlefell side, which is the company that, that bought Denver Printhouse, um, they're you know they're like their own entity, and I'm not necessarily involved in that. Mm-hmm. How do you like if you had your say on like hires? Like, what are you looking for? Are you looking for somebody who's like super green, knows nothing about printing, so you uh, can it train depends. them? Depends on the position, and also depends on the person. Um, so I have this like one day thing where i'll have someone come in and i'll pay them for one day yes and i want i want to i want to see them hold a squeegee i want to see them mix inks i want to watch the mannerisms of them because i don't give a fuck what it says on your resume i truly yeah, don't that's care. how we both want, feel yeah i, I, I want to i want to see how you hold the screen how you put it on that press if if it's a, if it's an auto i want to see how familiar you are with that print sequence and make sure you know where all the shirts are going to be because i know a lot of press operators are palette printing fucking kings i think you hit on something really important and uh we always have so there's there's a test day and um yeah. so that's not the same day so you come in and you come in for an interview uh the first interview right sit down talk chat we give a tour yeah. i let them do most of the talking and then if i think that they're gonna fit at the end i say let's let's set up a test day and so they come back and sometimes it could be just a half day even because I'll know in, in, yeah. in four hours. First hour. First hour, man. Yeah. Like first if you're, hour, you if you're a total shithead, I'll know pretty quick. And also it gives you a shot and you, you got to set a time. So if you're saying, hey, let's do this at eight o'clock or whatever. I mean, yeah. this is their test day. I mean, do they show up on time or early or late or what happens? Have and you so, ever sent anyone home early? Um, yes. I, I have. <laughs> Maybe yeah, this kid, not lit, not recently. No, it's this usually... kid. This kid told me he was uh, he was an expert ink mixer, <laughs> and the first bucket he grabbed, he went in with a spatula and flung it all over the place. Dropped the bucket, dropped the bucket on the ground, and then went to pick it up and he scooped it with his hand oh. and put it in the bucket. And I was like, "Hey, sweetheart, check it out. You're done." 
Like I don't. We're yeah. We're done. <laughs> You've never <laughs> mixed ink before. Out. Maybe he was yeah, just really nervous. <laughs> Maybe he just got really nervous. He was trying to show you his skills. Who grabs it with their hand? He no, was, no. He was nervous, dude. Uh, no, I think it's really important. So you do this test day, and you know, because before you commit, and I put it to them like this: I, I say, "Hey, you know, before you commit to this place and putting your two weeks wherever you're at or whatever, and coming here." And before we commit to you, you know, come in and try it out. Make sure you like it. And so I put it to them like that. And then that I goes both ways. Goes both ways. And so I, you watch them on press if it's a half day or a full day or whatever. And then they leave. And then we, you know, we gather up the team that he was with or she was with. And then discuss. We, yeah, we talk about it. And then we give them a, on a one to ten. And uh, you can't give them a seven. No. And so you know you've got to. You know, because that's just that seven is like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's an average and they'll, and they'll make it. So you either are gonna, if you know, if it's below seven, then just, it's a no. Is no, it like bar stool where you have to have a point in there? <laughs> yeah, seven. <laughs> okay, 7.1. That rookie works. score, rookie score. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so with the, with the whole staff talking about it, like, I like what you said. We, that's the first thing I ask the other employees is, what did you think of so and so? Like, how did you, how do you think? he's going to fit in she's going to fit in um it's incredibly important when putting together like that's what a lot of managers don't think about is the team aspect of this right actually i take that back everyone thinks about it and talks about it but no one fucking does anything or the team is yeah the team is number one and if you're bringing on a new player you got to make sure the other guys are going to be able to work with those say they're bringing in a new skill or they have a new uh an experience that no one in the shop has like maybe they're really good with steps and like, can you bring him in and have them work with the art department? Can you bring him in? He's working great with the, the other screen printers. You know, like being, being able to be part of a team is definitely number one as far as production crews. Exactly. We have, um, there's, a, uh, there's a press right now that's run by two press operators, actually. Not a press operator, press assistant. They're both press, have been press operators. And they've, they uh, work together so well and they kind of know where each other is. Like, I'm like, almost like if like they're playing hockey or something, they just know where that other guy is or what they're about to do or what the other guy needs before the other guy even knows it. Yeah. And, um, and so I would never, even though they're both operators, I would never, you know, split them up and they don't want to be split up. You know, they want to work together all day because they know like Timon and Pumbaa. (laughs) I mean, they're faster because of it. They're happier because of it. Um, and and that makes for, you know, like a good work experience and a good day instead of a yeah. crummy day, you know, and so. Well, so, print, yeah. printing with your buddies is awesome. I love that. It's it's something that I like to do after hours, you know, like some of the operators. Like I have a really good friend that I, I brought in from my previous shop that I, it's fun just to set up a job and, and kind of bullshit with, you know, like some some people go to the bar and have a beer like we'll we'll run a personal job and it's just kind of it's it's or try a new ink out or a new technique and it's just like that bonding moment is is so much better than some other bonding moments you know because you can go to the bar and get drunk and then you forget about everything the next day like at least here it's like <laughs> yeah sometimes sometimes you still even on press and you come in the next day you're like oh man yeah that was pretty sweet what do you guys do when you have to like i guess you don't have to but like i do it all the time like i'm the one who's constantly like trying to learn new things and like talking to manufacturers about like inks and this and this and new processes do you guys have like a i know some shops will like send their employees somewhere like say m and r whatever you can send employees there and they'll like teach them how to do something yeah. do you guys it's do that or you just danny does all that 
Yeah. So I, I was brought in to kind of free him up and get him kind of off this floor as much as possible. Uh, this is his baby. Like he, he built this shop from the ground up and, you know, mad props and mad respect, but he's on a, he's on a different path right now. He's, he's starting uh, chasing inks. It's a show he's going to start doing, uh, which is going to document, you know, more tech side of screen printing, not necessarily. Yeah. I've been waiting know, everyone for that. Talk- yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not gonna give too much away, but it's gonna be fucking amazing. Like, it's it's really cool, because um, it's it's everything that like I know we've all watched YouTube videos, and it's just like you know some guy saying that he can print perfect white on a black shirt with one stroke, but he, he doesn't really dive into where we need him to, you right. know. Like, and da- Danny's gonna do that. He's gonna rip apart those setups and get as detail oriented as humanly possible. And I'm I'm hoping that it's too tech for some people. Because so, yeah. yeah, we need that from um, print tutorials because you see so much that's like, yeah, I'm already doing that. But like, how are you able to make that work? You know, are, are what, what emulsion are you using? No one talks about that when they're printing. They're just like, oh, this is the best ink ever. What screen mesh? What emulsion? Like, what, what are some of the other things that you need? Because all those variables right. come together to make a good print. And that's what he's going to dive into, which is going to be fucking amazing. But he's our R&D right. guy. Sounds rad. Yeah. So you, did you and Mark? Did you and Mark out work together in Chicago? Uh, I was at Culture when he was at T and J, and he was always walking around Culture Studio, and we just started talking shit to each other, <laughs> and it was it was just a, a great relationship to start. And you know, like since we brought Matt back up, he well, that's why I brought to, Matt back up because I I yeah, wanted yeah, you to right. talk shit about. Him. Yeah, so he calls me at one, two o'clock in the morning and leaves this like 15 to 20 minute voicemails, like crying on the phone about how he fucking loves DTG. And he's, he's afraid that he's going to lose his, his job and the screen printers are going to go away. Like he loves DTG. He actually told me that he wishes <laughs> that he, he developed it himself. And he, he's so obsessed with it that he had to come on a, a podcast and just completely talk shit about it for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It makes I, sense. I should up a sign. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. He never calls me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know, man. No, it's just it's good to have uh, you know, he's he's kind of been a go-to when, when something new comes out, like you know, presses that are claiming that they're you know the, the best in the industry. We kind of chuckle on some things, and it's just it's good yeah. to have that insider, that insider guy, because like you know, I can't talk to my wife about how you know the cobra is doing the same thing that the rock oval did five years ago you know i can't i can't really you know say that to my wife i can say that to matt though and you guys shots fired <laughs> over here you can say it to andy <laughs> she has one <laughs> yeah yeah i know i i know what's going on. i don't want to say anything too much i'm on, I'm on a different team now and i'm you know i'm loving it so i'm not gonna that's good knock anyone down yeah, we're not. We don't really knock anybody. I mean, I, no. I'm, I'm just more. I'm just more interested in printing in general. As long as people yeah. are printing and they're making cool shit, like that's all yeah, I these, really care about. Well, the the machine is the catalyst, right? Like the machine is just the the centerpiece. It's it's the printer to the machine to the garment. So like the machine is is right. kind of fluid. Um, I just walking into a rock shop, I was a little intimidated because I've never worked on these machines for like, if give me a challenger three or a gauntlet two, I'm like, okay, that, that's kind of where I've been for <laughs> years. Uh, but these machines are so insanely user friendly. It's stupid. It is just so easy to use. Um, and I'm not knocking them and because I love their, 
they're just it's just so adjustable like that's the best part about like some of those mnr machines is like you can really do some some wild stuff um but let's training new screen printers when they walk up to you know like a gauntlet three interface they're a little intimidated you know they don't really know you know, from me where i started with the toggle switch boxes where i was right. just like walk up to a press kicking on all the heads and then you know making sure the flashes were turned on you know and now like trying to train these guys to like program stuff is a little uh it's a, it was a little intuitive and a little harder to do and then i come into these machines the control panels are just it's butter it's so easy to use it's incredibly they dumbed it down in a way to where the operator can be a really good printer and not have a ton of experience. Right. It's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, it's super. And the re- registration is just bonkers good. Like I, I have yet to go through a, a run where we're fighting with registration. I see arguments on Facebook groups uh, that, are, that are like 100 comments long about, you know, rock this or MNR that or Anatol yeah, or MHM. Chevy and Ford, you know, Pepsi, you know, um, and so, which, which is the best to buy. And I think that, um, it all depends. Be, Sometimes it depends on what kind of shop you are. First of all, like it doesn't not going to make a, a difference if you're printing, you know, white flash white, like you talked about, if you've nah. got a gauntlet three or whatever, you know? And so, um, but sometimes I think, um, well, you know, if you start with something, whatever that press is, then, I want to have the same press in the shop. I know Dylan, you had two different manufacturers for a little bit. I want to have the same press ac- across. Yeah. You know, if we're going to go with rock, I want all rock. If we're going to go with MH, I want all a- MHM. You know what I mean? Well, I think that makes having, sense. Having continuity in your tech support is always good. You know, like right. when you have right. two different machines and two different manufacturers and then two different problems from two different techs now coming in, it's a logistical nightmare. It's expensive as fuck. You know, having having a you know, we have all rock here. All of our inks are all Zodiac Aquarius, which is Poly One Aviant, whatever it's called now. Um, what does Poly we, One not own? It's Aviant. <laughs> Don't they own a shitload of the inks? Yeah, it's oh, Redland, yeah. uh, Wilflex, Union Ink, which is I'm a big fan of their Maxo uh, series, and uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, uh, what else? Are you guys doing a good mix of both, like plastic and water based? There, or are you doing? No, it's it's water all water based. No plastic all, all water based. Oh, that's not true. We do screen print transfers. There's plastic all for that. <laughs> that now, that's it, though. Is there a reason for that, or is it just that's what he wanted to do? Uh, we really like the durability. Like the the water based inks have such a good print. Like we were getting some really good detail. And having these inks is just, you know, you're not mix max or mix and matching with the different color mixing systems. I know with some plastisol stuff, there's a fight over like, you know, with the Wilflex Rio and the MX stuff and are using like the C3 series with like Rutland and all that. Like just having one manufacturer, one ink type in here, it's so much easier to use, train. It's easier for us to kind of manage because we inventory is super easy at that point. Um, if we have any kind of, difficulty printing a certain thing we have one person to go to we can solve that really quick right um john john, john mcgee big shout out to him that guy fucking rules he, he comes does. in and he he just he helps us out and you know if i'm you know we tried out a glow in the dark from uh, aquarius that we got a beta like it was just a a half pint that didn't exist and he gave it to us to try out and you know, it was it was good but 
we had some tweaks that we wanted to make and it, it, it's getting done, you know, like, and that, that happened like literally overnight. And I wasn't able to get that with any other manufacturer. You know, like a lot of, a lot of those uh, sales rep will just, they'll throw a bunch of hot air at you and say, Oh yeah, we, we're going to tweak this for you. We're going to make this better for you. But it's like, you're not going to, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really tough for that to happen. Cause when you make an adjustment for one shop, it's going to affect the shop down the street and on the next state. And, you want to talk about burial clothing? Of course. Why would I not want to talk about that? <laughs> I see it on your, I see, I read it right there. What do you, yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. Burial clothing was uh, something I started in 2012, 2013. Um, I just, I really was into all the art my friends were doing and I wanted to print them for them. Like it's just, it was super simple. Just because I was I was kind of working in a tattoo shop, kind of touring in bands, and I was just like, man, I really want to put so and so's art on a shirt, and just like all you know, have a little group, a network of artists, and it just it turned into you know something that I wanted to do sometimes. So it's not full time. I definitely don't run that thing full time, but it was just a you know a passion project that I wanted to do with a, a group of friends, and it grew it grew into something sustainable. You know, it pays for itself. I'm able to sell a bunch of cool shirts online um i try and do at least two designs a month uh with new artists uh but the, the time thing you know i set up a shop in my house and i was, I was i'm printing most of it at, at home and it's it's cutting into my life a little bit so when you get it's home from, when you get home from printing you you feel like doing some more printing is what you're saying <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll, I'll take orders from like Monday through Friday. I print on Sunday. My wife ships them on Monday. So I kind of do like a weekly. Um, and what's funny is I, I just set up and I printed some stuff this morning. And then as I was driving here, I got two orders for something I set up this morning. Is this in your garage, so your basement, or where's it at? Um, I have this. I have a shed in the back of my yard that I just kind of, I gutted the, 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 I gutted the thing and kind of turned it into like this little makeshift. It's nothing to nothing to brag about. It's definitely it's like not. A, it's like your he shed, right? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Shed? Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely definitely a he shed. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I I turned it into you know I I built the exposure unit. I built the washout. I rebuilt the press. You know, it's just something that's just it keeps me sober and it keeps me busy. I definitely like I definitely like to have uh, man. I'm, I just ate dinner. I'm going to go, I'm going to go dial in some emulsion exposure times. And, you know, like it's just something I like to do. Andy, um, you should talk about emulsion exposure times. Aren't you fighting with that right now? Uh, I sure am, but uh, <laughs> I'm getting ready. Hopefully I might be beta-ing a, uh, a new unit. We'll see. Oh, we'll see. Okay. All right. Um, but, but you know, the, so I felt, my favorite exposure unit of all time was the Newark 3140 and I don't have it anymore and I miss it. Um, but that's no excuse for not getting it, my shit together with the exposure unit that we do have, <laughs> but it's extremely hard. So, but anyway, there's this new, uh, there's, it's been in, in development for about a year and it, it actually was ready already, but then COVID happened. And, and so any, I think we are, I'm trying to anyway, trying to get it in here to so i think we're going to call it the rebel or something like that uh, but and then uh, change it last minute <laughs> but uh no but really for, but seriously i'm trying to get in here because um we've tested all sorts of emulsions and and i and i have a, a couple of theories but we'll see what are your problems 
Uh, well, there, our exposure unit isn't single light, single point light source, and it all starts there, in my opinion, anyway. Um, sure, you can you can make um, thousands of LED lights um, work. I'm not saying you can't, but you lose. There are certain things that are that are negative about that, which I'm sure you know. I'm sure, Dylan knows. And, oh, yeah. And so it's uh, and we've and we ran twenty thousand screens on this light that we have now, but um, but it's always been a struggle. And and so I'm ready to, you know, either change emulsion, which we've already which we've been looking at for the past two weeks, or change my exposure unit, or both really change it all up. So um, we'll see where we end up here in, in the next couple of weeks. Reading closer. Um, but are you, are you just say say what you're getting in? I don't I don't know what it's called. Like there's no really no name, but it's a it's kind of like is it single point or is it LED, LEDs again? It's LED, single point. So oh. so Ooh. yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm excited about it, and I don't know if I have I don't know how that's gonna uh, play out, but I'll I'll know next week. But um, sweet. Uh, production manager though, is I think one of the hardest roles in the shop. I mean, every day, everybody's, everybody's <laughs> day here is, is a challenge and some days are less challenging than others, of course, oh, yeah. but production manager, it seems like it's always a challenge. And, um, and, and you know, you got are a, literally, you're literally hired to solve all the problems and put out the fires. Exactly. If you, you can't, if you can't be um, strong enough mentally to do that, then just go back to printing. <laughs> yeah, and, and then some, because actually you're doing all those things and also sometimes printing, you know, oh, yeah. and also, oh, yeah. also um, you know, Kyle, our production manager, it might be different than what you do there. So yeah, his role is yeah, also I don't, full. I don't try and tape screens faster than any human <laughs> on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had lots of lots of people try and beat that record, but um, it's pretty tough. I've had we've had people beat it, but it doesn't look like it's a quality. What's his time? What's his time? Well, when I you the old time was sixteen seconds, and that's for a really solid tape job. But all, all, all he, four sides. Yeah, we do all four. But he goes. I don't think he could do three. I think he would just try to not do three, but just it would happen. He would do four. He's already done it so many times. But uh, he also, uh, so he coats screens, he, he runs the eye image, he exposes screens, he wrenches screens, he tapes screens, and he, and he pulls a lineup. And so that's a really, it's a tough role. Do you, he have, has do to. you have someone, do you have someone for pre-press? Like, do, you, do you have someone to do that? Or is that just, does he do it all? No, that, that, he, does, he does it all. But our, our screen room's automated so to help to, you know, make, make that job easier. But yeah. he does it all. And the, um, I mean, we've had people, I have people messaging me and then say, that say, Hey, where do I get a Kyle? <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's because your role, what you do is, is you have to have a sense of urgency. You have to keep it all together and you have, you have to not freak out with all of that, yeah. you know, and you, number have one, to, man. <laughs> you have to be calm in battle, right? Not, and not just lose it. You have to uh, be a liaison, uh, with the design room because you got to go in there and say, Hey, you can't go in there and say, hey, this didn't fucking work. Do it right. You yeah. got to go in there and say, hey, you know how you did this? Well, it, it you know, didn't work. And, you, can I, and so Ryan does it for the punch, yeah. though. Ryan goes <laughs> yeah. in and goes, you didn't fucking do that right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, some people here, you, you little... can do that. But... <laughs> well, it's just like, all right, you little turd. Listen here. 
You don't choke a white when there's a highlight white. Motherfuckers, stop doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, that works with some, right? And after you've yeah. said maybe three times and you finally finally do say it like that, maybe they hear it. But yeah. uh, but sometimes, you know, you, you got to do it with a little sugar. You got to do it with a little bit of sugar. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, and so it's a really tough job. And so um, I, lots of respect to that role because it's a... It, you know, yeah, it's, a, sure. it's a tough, challenging day, but it's really rewarding. And I don't know, it, at the well, end of it all, when it's you, awesome. When you walk out and your entire production floor is working seamlessly and there's there's no hiccups. Like there's, so there's days, like I always talk about this with other, other production managers. The days and the jobs that no one talks about are the fucking best because it, it works. The process from the beginning to end, it came in here, it ran, it got spit out no one even noticed it that's the shit like that's yeah, those are the jobs so that... it's exactly what happens here and and i'll walk out of here and i'm like man we're we fucking rule like we're badasses <laughs> and then literally the next day i'm like we what? don't know we don't know what we're doing the, the <laughs> simplest fucking job like the simplest setup you're like oh, kicks your ass i have no idea what to do it yeah Mm. And that's you know that's that's the the exciting part of it is like every day i walk in and work you know like i jokingly say what the fuck's gonna happen today um i think everyone says that as a, as a production manager but when you come in you're just like you just kind of mentally prep you know i meditate in the morning and just kind of make sure that you know i'm aware of my surroundings and what's happening and what my role is here and i you know i say hi to everyone when they come in and say good morning and i just kind of you know, I, I used to use like team building exercises in the morning. I used to play catch with everyone with like a ball. And I can I can judge to see their, their reactive. No, seriously, listen. You can, super you can, dad mode when you get started. No, check, check, check this out. So you could judge their reaction time and their physical ability first thing in the morning. And you can say, you could already tell that they're not going to hit, you know, 3,800 impressions today just because they're barely able to catch a ball and throw it back and forth and so i used to kind of use that to kind of wake everyone up and get everyone's coordination kind of down um sometimes we would go outside and, and actually like play play a game and get their you know get the, the blood flowing and i've always noticed that those were the best days and those are the days that you know people are listening to music and cracking jokes and fucking wrapping their tape around each other's head <laughs> and nothing was nothing was misprinted like nothing happened and the days where I come in like a fucking general and I throw everything at, at the presses and say, we got to go a thousand miles an hour, everything gets fucked up. So I completely shift my management style to a little more lax and a little more loose. And I, I've noticed good results. You know, like, don't go, don't be like too nonchalant where you're just like, oh, they're fine. And you walk away because as soon as you walk away, something's going to get fucked up. So two, uh, two things. Did you get that playing catch thing from dodgeball? And then use a wrench maybe no, sometimes. Right. Yeah. And then and and then that's, that's uh, good. That's good. And then uh and then the second thing is well, what uh, is it if you can't catch a if you can't catch a wrench, you can't catch a ball or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, if you can't catch a ball, you can't print a shirt. Yeah. That's right. That's the new motto. But uh and the second question is about the meditation thing. You said you do that every day, every morning. And do you do that yeah. uh, in your car, in the parking lot, or at home, or when you get there? Where do you do that at? In my in my office. I, I jokingly say in the bathroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's something that you know I I've been going to therapy to kind of you know really dive into being mindful and actually 
you know, as a manager, since I'm empathetic and my role is to make sure that every human being that works here is comfortable and is good and I can talk to them, I have to, I have to clean my slate and I, I have to make sure that I can't keep having all that dumped into me because it's going to affect my personal life. So like when someone's arguing with each other on the floor or someone messes up and like there's, it's tense and it's a fire that I have to put out and I come out there and I start talking to everyone, I smooth everything out. Like all that negative energy is now, now in me. Like how, how do I get that out? Because I can't just go and you know, yell at the owner and, and bitch about what's going on. I don't want to tell him any of that shit. So you know, like I have to, I have to just kind of cleanse my, my palate, cleanse my system, get all of that out of my brain. Yeah, it's, uh, you mentioned that arguing on the floor. I remember one time we had, I had these two guys. What happens? And they, uh, and they were running a press together. And I don't know, it had been like two weeks in a row. They kept like serious arguing, you know. And then they finally, the uh, fuck you, fuck you. yeah, like serious, like it blowing up out at the, on the floor. And so I, and then they, I had warned them a couple times. Did you, did you times. separate them? No, they, they had to work together at that, at that point in our, our situation. I couldn't. And though, so one, and then finally the last time it happened, I, uh, I, I heard it happening. And I went back there and I said, all right, both clock out and then go outside and don't come back and, until you're done, until you can yeah. work together. And so work I already tried out, other man. things. I already tried other things. And I'm like, look, I'm done trying. You gotta go, go come street. Back. Sometimes you gotta go street. <laughs> so I go, I go get out of here and come back when you're ready. And so they, I saw him, I looked out there a couple of times. I saw him sitting on the sidewalk, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Let him figure yeah. it out. And then they came in and no, I, that's the, that's where you do the Batman fucking thing where you snap the broom in half and you throw the sticks down and say that <laughs> there's only room for one of you well i mean it's at some point you really do like if you can't work together you know and then somebody something's or somebody's got to go i suppose Arm but i wanted them both here and uh and they they came back in and they said we're ready to go and I'm, we all hugged i made them i made them all <laughs> give everybody a hug like we're gonna do this That's good and then let's, a bad let's thing. just print some shirts and so uh, I don't know if somehow that that worked to know that, hey, if I can't, they, I guess they looked at it like if I can't get along with this guy, I can't fucking work here. And that's that's yeah. an issue, you know, and so I got to figure I got to solve this problem. I can't, you know, otherwise have, I'm have either, have either one of you guys ever told your staff that it's just T-shirts? We yeah. just said that. I tell that to myself a lot. It's, you're, we're not we're not operating on hearts. We're not brain surgeons. Mm. No one's going to fucking die if you mess up 72 shirts. They're just fucking t-shirts. Yeah. When you don't, when you dumb this down and you bring this down, I mean, it's a fucking billion dollar industry. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's great. I love being a part of it, but we're not firemen. You know, like we're not, and it's not going, necessary either. Like you don't have yeah. to have fucking screen printed t-shirts. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, you do. Dylan. <laughs> Hold on a second. As, we, we're, as, we all as, are in the loop here. We know. Yeah. It's, it's crucial. We need to have it. <laughs> um, it's, it's an it's an outlet for me and i need to have it right um but i just i try and i try and make sure that you know like when someone messes up and has misprints like i always walk next to them I'm like hey man you're gonna do this again and they're like what? like this is gonna you're gonna print that palette again i don't know when it's gonna happen and they like i just i change their mindset to where if they mess up an order they i mean it's fucking bad it's not a good thing to mess up an order but it's it's not something that's going to be detrimental to their success. And I want to make sure that they don't see that as I'm never going to get better. I'm an idiot or I, I can't believe I failed this company. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And I want to make sure that you loose, you loosen it up a little bit and they improve better. They always do. If you just, 
if you don't hammer down on them, keep pushing them down and be negative, they can actually get better. Hundred percent. If you don't see if you don't see progress, you got to let them know, or you got to spend more time with them. The I struggle thing- with that. I struggle with that too, where I have employees where like I'm the casual one, like I'm the owner, and I'm the like yeah go lucky guy around the shop or whatever. Well, there'll be a printer on press and he'll do a job and he's like getting pissed off about it or something. Not like registration or anything, just like, oh, you have to change an ink color out or you have to fix something or they're pissed about like just something that has to happen with the job. And I'm like, dude, I'm not breathing down your neck right now. Like yeah. I'm not yelling at you. Like fucking calm Take about down. 25% off. Take 25% yeah. off and bring <laughs> that shit down. Like it's okay. Like if this takes you an extra like half hour to do, like, fuck it fine let's just do it yeah. right like you're getting so worked up for no reason it's like just chill the fuck out yeah the last do you thing guys i'm go sorry ahead. go ahead do you guys run your shops based on speed or based on no. overall quality product no, there's no quality quotas. product no quotas here yeah ditch i i love that because it's ditch ditch the the x amount of impressions a day get rid of it yeah how, how many how many great orders did you ship out on time like how like work on work on your misprints that's what i try to hammer home with my guys it's like just slow down like they're in such a rush to get like the whole schedule done and it's like dude just slow the fuck down and like let's make make, sure that every job yeah you make so many more mistakes trying to just fucking blaze through it if you just stop and like i love when my operators have they're sitting there holding holding a work order and they're looking at a garment and they're literally looking through the entire thing and they're analyzing what they have to do. Take that time. You know, right. like if I see you doing that, that means that's the lot. I don't have to be as involved because you're you're taking it upon yourself to know exactly what you're doing. Take that time to figure that out. Yeah. And then I've I've noticed that these guys, you know, I don't want to say that you can always leave them alone because there's certain <laughs> operators and cer- certain people that just they don't give a shit what's going down the dryer. And you have to be present and you have to make sure you're watching everyone's work as a manager. You have to make sure you're zigzagging around these presses all day. Um, but, but you have to empower your, your operators and you have to give them room to fucking improve. If they, if they don't feel like they're going to improve, they're not going to give a shit. They're not going to. If you're, you uh, said you were zigzagging through presses, are you wearing Heelys? <laughs> there's, <laughs> I have a, there's a scooter. There's a scooter that we zip around the, the machines with. You got um, one of those your, like segways. Yeah, are, you, are your quality control the who's who's catching the shirts? Are do they call out? So you said there's some printers that don't care what's going down the dryer, going down the belt. Are there people at the end, at the other end of the dryer, that, that call them out over that? You know, and say yeah, or, absolutely. Just what curious. happens is they they'll catch something, they'll say something to the operator. Sometimes the operator goes "fuck you," it's fine, which I'm sure happens all the time. Yeah. I've done it before in my life where I'm just like, ah, they'll love it. And I'll just, just keep, keep going. Um, and if, if that doesn't change anything, they'll come get me and I'll, I'll step in and be like, all right, dude, like I'll literally stop the press for them and point something out and be like, you can't continue unless we fix this. Your, your red's out of red. You're like, there's a pinhole something, you know, like I'll actually physically get involved and, and stop the machine and fix it. And then I'll let them finish the run. And then I'll, during the teardown, I'll actually pull them aside and we'll discuss you know what happened don't ever do that in the moment when you're when you're in the middle of a job the worst thing you could do is change change that operator's point of view because that can change the outcome of that in job. front of in front of people too um yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I, grab yeah, them aside yeah. pull them aside do a one-on-one always one-on-one like if you're talking about someone's mistakes or someone's issues don't do that with other people involved because then they 
they'll they'll either close up, get offended, be embarrassed, or legitimately just get pissed off. And then you're you're kind of stuck with a bigger problem then. So if yeah. you're saying if you're saying they're on press, say one of the colors is out of registration and help, the help them person, out get through it. Right, but I'm moving. saying the person at the end of the dryer tells you and then you walk up to the press, what do you do? You tell the guy like, hey, stop, let's fix this. Or yeah. do you, you call a timeout? Kind of, you just call a timeout and say, stop, <laughs> stop the machine. I always make sure that they know what the issue is. So, you know, you don't just go in there and fix it and then walk away. Make sure your operators know what happened so they know what to look for. If they're, if, if something, if a screen's shifting out or if you're having some weird lift, if, if some color's coming off wet on wet, you know, like, and you're seeing a little, you know, the center parts looking kind of nasty, you know, like, let's, let's, show them how to adjust that instead of me just coming and fix it for them. And then they just right. keep running. Like, I want to make sure that they learn. That's how you become a really good printer is to fight through all those fucking mistakes. And if you know how to fix those mistakes, you become really good. And it's, it's never about the, Oh man, a mistake happened. You're a bad printer. Good printers know how to fix all the mistakes. Everyone's going to mess up, man. Every, all three of us are going to fuck up again. It's how we solve that. It's how we get through that. That's what's key. Yeah, the worst thing a, a, a production manager or me, if, if, they, if finally somebody comes and gets me, the worst thing to do is if you're trying to put out a fire is to add fuel to it. You know, you don't yeah. want to go in there and say, you know, what the fuck, what you're doing wrong or whatever. The best thing to do is to go in and offer support, you know, like, hey, what, what is going on? And let's figure it out. It's one of these three things, four things, whatever it is. And, and let's, you know, let's make this print look better. And I think uh, if... Dude, I have, I I have this in my office. It says, don't be a dickhead. Is that <laughs> like to you or to everybody? To everybody that's on this fucking planet. Don't be a dickhead. Just mm -hmm. roll into work, live your life, knowing that other people are going through some crazy shit too, and suck it up and don't be a dick all day long. And you're good. Yeah. We're on the same team. We all want uh, the shirts to look good when the customer picks them up yeah. or we ship them out. Everyone, so everyone instinctively wants to do a good job. Always, yeah. everybody on the planet wants to do good. If you if you're being a dickhead and you're being a dickhead to a dickhead, nothing good's gonna happen. Yeah, right. That's like something that's I a, struggle that's, that's, with. That's technical talk right there too. Yeah, super technical. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep like I have kind of like a smaller crew, but like, and we're all on the same page. We all have a great culture. We're trying to like um, just do when culture. Culture builds itself. Stuff. Yeah, like you should you shouldn't invest too much time talking about it. Culture yeah. is not talk. Culture is just what's in the air. Exactly. It's, well, that's it's, the thing. It's like, what the shop yeah. is. Me and Andy talked about that before, and it's just kind of like this is just who we are. Like I don't like come yeah. into this of like let's create a company culture. It's like no, like this is just we're all on the same fucking page. Like we're all just like into the same are, shit. Like what what are a couple things that we can do that'll have an effect later on the culture? Right. You know, like painting the floors, like stupid little things like building pride, you know, like having someone walk into a super clean shop, you know, like we take a lot of pride in making no. sure that thing is, is spotless always, because when these guys walk into work again, their press is sparkling. It's, it's, you know, perfectly cleaned and maintained. And these guys have a, a, lot, a lot of sense of pride in their machines. And Are they taking care of the press? Are they doing the we maintenance? All, we all do. We all do. We all split duties when we're when we're doing maintenance. We definitely make time for it too. You have to. Yeah. You know, like I know a lot of shops run balls to the wall and they'll do like a maintenance crew on a Saturday or something and pay some a couple of guys overtime. Make make room for it. If you're scheduling jobs, there's always room. 
to schedule maintenance. It's fucking super important. You have to take care of your tools. And so a lot of do. shops don't. We put, have it on every Thursday. It's just kind of like, like yeah, I mean, with me getting in early, a couple of other guys get in early and we just, we do just some maintenance during the day. Like I just did the compressor Friday and then make sure that all the presses were done. I know what's great about these machines, like the little icon will show up saying that they need, need maintenance on them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, this is like the perfect time for the Inksoft sponsored random <laughs> question. Uh, so, uh, so Ryan, in the event of a zombie apocalypse, what is your weapon of choice? <laughs> and where do you, what is it? Where do you go to survive? I almost fucked it up. So weapon of choice and where do you go to survive? Some of me wants to be a zombie. So that's going to be a weird thing to answer. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know. Like, can you think as a zombie? Are you conscious? Because uh, you're dead. Technically. Yeah. The undead. You're undead. Weapon no, of no, choice. you're not a zombie. You're, you're Ryan. You're working it. You're in Denver and it hits. And so, yeah. What weapon do you right. choose? I'm going to use one of those ergonomical squeegees that you can pull. Mm-hmm. The badass manual like, squeegee. Yeah, I'm gonna put. I'll put a blade in that, and it <laughs> slice people's throats off. Okay. You just love printing so much that you want to use it as a weapon to kill somebody. Yeah. I'm gonna finally man. find a good use for that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. Burn. I wanted to have you guys discuss. Like, what are your? What do you guys want shirt show to turn into? Hmm. Dylan? That's a good question. Yeah. Let's let's turn this a little bit. I have a couple of questions for you guys. All right, yeah. All right. Well, I I think that just doing these in general is just for me, like the selfish part of just like I just want to constantly be in the industry and learn shit. Like I'm well, this is the convention always, talks that we're not able to have right now. Right. But that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like that's that's what gets my rocks off. You know what I mean? It's just like growing things for myself and like learning new things like like talking to you like i wouldn't have known like if i just was like i own a screen printing shop and i print you know sports team shit all day and i don't look on the internet i don't learn i don't do this like i feel like you just get left in the dust like you just don't learn behind right and it's like this is my outlet to like a bullshit with andy but also like talk to people like you where we can just like fuck around and talk how it really is and not like sugar-coated you know why do, why do people call you soft handy? <laughs> uh, I think that was Marcotte. And it was, because, what were we talking about? We were saying. I like soft about... handy way more than soft hand Andy. <laughs> soft handy, man. I, I'm a production manager. I have time for that shit. Soft handy. Why do we say that? I can't remember anymore. Something about. It's all you tell me to bring it up. Uh, but but uh, for me, I've been, I've been doing the shirt show for years. I just haven't called it the shirt show and haven't hit record because yeah. I've called and yeah, right? I've been on the phone with printers for on weekends for years or at night after work or even here while I'm at the shop. And we, and same goes for Dylan or messaging or texting. I mean, it's every day, you know? And so, um, well, we got to a point where we were just calling each other like therapy mm. where we were, <laughs> we were being like, Hey, tell me about your day. He would, he would call like, me at two in the morning and cry for 15 minutes about, about how much DTG. I love yeah, digital. About, about DTG actually, which is coincidence with, with yeah, you guys Matt, could, all, but, we could call Matt. We could all group call Mark, Mark and just start talking <laughs> about DTG. But he, really he cries. He's got a hilarious <laughs> cry. 
but really I've been kind of doing this. And so where it goes, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't care so much either. I hope that we get to continue to do it and I have care. these conversations. It's a know, great platform. You. So um, I hope that, I hope that we get to do it still every one a week. And, that, and I think, um, I think like the, the other part of it is too, is that like, there are definitely people who would like to listen to this. Like we get people all the time that message us and they're like, Hey, like I, you know, was thinking the same thing that you guys talked about. It's nice to hear that their shops actually have the same problems and then they actually like to, act on it. I can't wait for someone to comment. I can't believe that guy's a fucking director of plant production. <laughs> such well, an if, asshole. If, uh, yeah, if, such an asshole. If, if, uh, Shur Kong goes bankrupt or if shirt show, uh, um, goes bankrupt or whatever, I will still, maybe Dylan will hire me and it can go be production manager up there or something or that. And uh, and I will still have you know phone conversations and, and call yeah. people or I just like Zoom. I just like shooting the shit. I think it's my favorite part of the industry is talking to other printers and just fucking learning shit all day long. It's my yeah. favorite. Question two: <laughs> What is your favorite shirt? Like brand mean? and style. Do you have a favorite shirt of yours that you like? A bad shirt from the past, a joke shirt. Oh, geez. I used to have, I used to be that kid in high school that wore my dad's like Big Johnson or like just shirts that are super inappropriate for school. Hell yeah. That was, those, <laughs> those were my favorite as a kid. Um, and that's why, like, this is off topic, but that's why, like, Heavy Metal, the old animated movie, is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. That's why I have, like, whole sleeve of that. Awesome. Is because when I was a kid, it was super inappropriate for me to be watching that movie, and uh, it just stuck with me forever. That's why it's like my favorite thing. So those shirts, in my opinion, are my favorite shirts, even though it's super awesome. not PC right now. Um, but I, I, fuck I just PC, love it. dude. Yes, fuck PC. <laughs> those are my favorite. My favorite shirt is uh, in a in one of those Tupperware bins that you just talked about in my basement right now. And it's a Nine Inch Nails shirt. And I had gone on like tour, not, not with them, but you got, oh yeah, <laughs> that's badass. Yeah. So I, I went not, I went and followed them kind of like the, you would follow the dead. And I went to a bunch of shows one year and then I was in Madison, not Madison. I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and at, at, they had this outdoor summer fest and he was, um, they really walked in. It's Algonquin for the promised land. Is that what it is? I had a, I had a tie it in the Wayne's World thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and so we were, uh, uh, the next, we went back to the hotel and then we woke up the next morning and we were leaving. And all of a sudden, there's this dude walking his dog down the sidewalk and I'm wearing the shirt from the night before and there's a dude walking his dog down the sidewalk and it was Trent Reznor. And I was like, oh, oh shit. I went over and uh, I said, hey. And he wasn't happy to see me. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was cool and he's any he, any he, uh we took a picture with him he didn't say a word and then i let him alone he didn't know you took the picture <laughs> <laughs> but that's i have awesome. that shirt still and that's my favorite shirt now there's you know at, when i was touring and, and you know when you you're never supposed to meet your idols like you're never supposed to meet those guys um you, you always have to put into your brain that they're probably tired or hungry they, they're going through some like they're just a human being too so like there was a i'm not going to name names but there was someone i met and he's just like Ugh. i did that did that sigh and i was like yeah i'm good and i turned around and walked away <laughs> yeah. you know like there's there's a certain times that you, you just kind of 
you know, like Trent was probably like, man, I gotta walk this fucking dog right now. <laughs> yeah. And I gotta see I this it. random ass guy coming across the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, that's a badass story. That's awesome. <laughs> I like how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Any more questions? Is yeah. That... You got any more for us? Yeah. I like when we get asked uh, questions. This mm-hmm. is kind of nice. Yeah. How's the COVID thing impacting you guys directly? The only is thing it, is that's it, affecting my shop. Yeah, the only thing that's affecting my shop because we're pretty busy right now is just ordering shit. Like ordering yeah, we, we migrated to we migrated to masks. We started doing a ton of like sublimated masks. Uh Castlefell started making their own masks. So like that it's definitely kept this business alive. Yeah. What's what was your what was Denver Print House's uh, focus before? Like, what was the? Were you guys doing contract or just direct both. customer? Or full, full package and contract. Um, I mean, we we luckily have you know Casafel. It's a it's shirt manufacturer. It's fucking amazing. Like the whole idea from turning plastic bottles into some of the best feeling t-shirts. Not that this is a sales pitch or anything, um, but they recycle they recycle bottles and turn them into some awesome recycled poly uh, garments that you you would never even know that felt that way like they feel like a really good soft cotton and they they print amazing um we we just we lucked out as a print house to have that as our the company as our owner they developed their own masks they were selling them to clients were offering you know package shirt package mask deals and it completely kept us alive and it opened the game for us that's awesome i mean it's it's not something that's going to happen in every other shop. You know, it's unique to, you know, not every shop is owned by a shirt manufacturer. So right. it's, you know, it's, it's a little unique to us, but it's, it's kept us busy and it's kept us alive. And the ownership of this place and, and the support with me and Danny and the sales crew, you know, like balls to the wall where we kicked it into overdrive. I, it was seamless for me going from, you know, the last shop that I was at in Boulder to here. It was literally over the weekend. And it was like, I'm, I'm back into managing a shop full time. That's awesome. Did he reach out to you or did you reach out to them? Uh, we've been, we've been talking for a while. You know, it was one of those things where I was at a one auto shop and it was just, wasn't progressing. It wasn't, there wasn't any throughput. It was nothing was changing. It was like four years of me struggling to, to burst that shop into a bigger, bigger platform. And, you know, I was just hitting a wall. And I, you know, I was the only one in the company that ever experienced anything bigger. So I was trying to come in and bring that, you know, that knowledge and that, that right. streamlined production to, to a company that really didn't want to grow. And so it just made sense. Uh, after reaching out to Danny and coming here and talking to the guys, you know, once it was just like, all right, you're in. You know, like, right. This is where I want to be. Yeah. Cause I was, I was so I, like, I, my management tilted, like I was so focused on the staff. I'm so focused on the person. And, you know, Danny's so obsessive about the print. And so, like, I was exactly what was lacking. Not that it was lacking, but I was exactly what would, you know, like, I would elevate Danny to a position and I would elevate the staff to a position. And they would have to worry about the floor less because I, I got the floor, I got the staff. I, I'm taking on more than uh, what the guy before me did. You know, so it was just, it was a no-brainer for me to come in. Yeah, that's awesome. I love working with the dude. Like that it's he's making me a better printer yeah. like just being around that guy is just fucking insane we'll have to talk to up. danny sometime yeah get him on here because he's 
oh god you could you could dive as deep as you could possibly but you could dive so deep your earth tank's gonna go out <laughs> the guy the guy's crazy yeah uh for us well, for covid i think uh we're gonna change our name to mask kong i think that's, yeah, there we go i think that's that's where we're gonna be from now on you can't even get shirts anyway right these days dude it's so hard so i think, Such I, think it's, I think we're well, you're, you're mixing and matching do you guys yeah. have to mix and match yeah well, we're just going to like every distributor on earth. Basically. Hey guys, sorry, your, your two XLs are going to be a little darker because they're a completely different brand. My exactly. Bad. No, for real. Like, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's the only thing we can do. Like we have yeah. so many customers that are placing an order like normal. And then I go to order, you know, say it's a Bella, small through extra large, they have, but two X, three X, four X, they don't. And then you, yeah. there's like 10 brands that are like that shirt that mm -hmm. you go to first and they're all out too. And then it's like, all right, well, your 3X is going to be a Gildan 2000. Your 4X is going to be a Bayside. Um, it's just like, I'm so sick of doing that every single day. And ink, so ink, ink manufacturers, too. Like, there was, we switched over to Aquarius um, April, maybe before April. And one of the Poly Ones plant closed. And it yeah. was just like, you know, we were, we were full, we were ready, and we were going to use strictly this ink. And we were doing way too much, and they, they can supply because you know they were they were closed down. No one's ordering the stuff. We wanted we wanted barrels of it because we we're we're running full full force. And it's like they just couldn't keep up with our demand. Like that supply was just cut off because half the plant was. Or yeah, I think it's their the North Carolina was, was was shut down. Same same goes here. We yeah. couldn't get Street Fighter for a while, and we had to switch whites um, recently. But I, we got a little bit. It's kind of trickling in. Yeah, we're good. We're good now. But it was like that the whole month of May and June, like that. those two months can fucking go back to hell. <laughs> well, I'm concerned. That was terrible for me because everyone's like, where are the fucking inks? I'm like, no one has it, man. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It was just it was a, it was a disaster. But we got smoothed out now. We have barrels and we're all we're completely full. That's awesome. Do you have any? Uh, well, I know you do. You should tell people to follow the Print Legion on Instagram. Yeah, go to go to Instagram at the Print Legion. Now, if you want to see some of the best prints in the industry, post on there uh, more, that, please. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. It's something I gotta get. <laughs> I'll give you guys access. You guys can just post stuff. We'll have a bigger legion. Yeah, the legion of doom. If yeah, if you're down, ask kind of where it started. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So at at the print legion on Instagram at Ryan Kasparian on anything. It's you can follow some of my. I've done. I've been designing band art for since the '90s. Um, you guys can see some of the stuff on there. And then uh, Burial Clothing. If you go to burialcloth.com, that's where the store is at. Do you, do you have specific podcasts or Instagram accounts that you use a lot for inspiration that you can share? Um, I love the Bill Burr podcast. Bill Burr's, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast kind of cracks me up. <laughs> I just, I'm a big Bill Burr fan. He said, Dude, I fucking love Bill Burr. He's my favorite. The, the way he speaks is, is it's what's inside of me. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to say cunt a whole bunch, but he's just like the way he fucking, the way he emphasizes things is just fucking perfect. Exactly. And I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people from like that Boston area and he's just like, he brings this like childhood touring. Yeah. Cause I used to tour out there out east a whole bunch. And I just like remember talking to those kids out, outside of the, uh, the venue. Do you and watch F is for family on Netflix? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's That's fun. like it's my brilliant. family. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just started watching that uh, uh, Who is America? The Sasha Baron Cohen. What is, that? 
Yeah. Who is, is America? It's on Showtime. Oh, I don't know. Showtime. Is that new? It's fucking genius. No, it was like 2018, 2019. Is it him doing what the is, same thing, basically? Oh, it's fucking genius. It is the funniest thing. And he'll like he'll interview like Bernie Sanders and Dick Cheney. And he'll do it in like these crazy costumes and just fucking rip them apart. And it, it is a, it's the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. And no one knows about it. It's, yeah, called, Who is America? it's Who is America? It's fucking hilarious. So imagine Borat interviewing like Republican nominees. But do they know and, that it's him or do they, do they think so, it's the I other mean, guy? I don't think so. it, it, has to, it has to be some kind of uh it's it's probably diluted like his approach is probably like a fake company trying to interview underneath the fake premise right, right and he's probably he's probably delivering in the moment and they don't know that it's really you know sasha bear and cohen it's it's not it's like they don't notice that it's borat because he's got a bunch of makeup on right i think it's just like his ali g character where he yeah uh, you know it's like a rapper and he interviews people and they don't know that he's not really a rapper yeah it's know? so fucking good <clears throat> yeah my, my wife and i are just watching it just in tears <laughs> laughing so hard what's it on hbo or netflix what's it yeah, on? Uh, show, oh, showtime. it's on show so oh. showtime so you can get it on Dude, hulu sorry, i missed that part he said it like four times <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting paid to plug it so i'll say it again <laughs> well but yeah again thanks dude for real it's been fun yeah it's been it's been good you know i want to start diving in i wanted to do this privilege and start interviewing more people uh, but i'm not you know i'm not necessarily the most camera friendly guy we aren't either <laughs> yeah it's something i'm just like the last thing i think about but i really appreciate you guys doing this setting up this platform i think it's gonna be great thanks dude All right. for real yeah thanks man. remember don't be a fucking dickhead yeah don't be a fucking dickhead that's gonna be don't the be title a fucking of the show we're not even going to put your don't name on it. We're just going to say shirt show yeah. episode, whatever. Don't be a thing. And buy some barrel clothing shit. Yeah, do that. Right. See you, man.